Uh, thank you to the worship team. They'll be back up to lead us in a couple more songs. As I said earlier, today is not a sermonizing day. Um, we won't have the absence of God's word. Can we go full light for a little bit, Connor? Go full light. Thank you. Um, but today, as I said at the beginning, today we lament and we take refuge in God. And we're going to take just a few moments to walk through Psalm 5 if you have a copy of God's Word, or you can swipe to get there. Um, Psalm 5, I'll be, we, we um, rehearsed the New Living Translation when we did that together at the beginning. This, uh, I will be reading from the New American Standard uh, Version, but you want to go ahead and find your way there. Psalm 5 is a lament psalm uh, of David uh, as he wakes up to face a new day. But he wakes up after probably a series of gut-wrenching, never-know-what's-coming-around-the-corner days. That has been the season that he's been in, in this psalm and a few others that are right around it. So he wakes up in the morning in the midst of that very gut-wrenching and scary season feeling under attack. But first he goes to God. I want to start with verses 11 and 12. That's where the, the psalm of lament ends. Um, some of the psalms of lament actually don't even have a, let's tie a slight bow on it. This is a slight bow, but it's not a Christian bumper sticker. Okay, But it is where we even enjoy, and coming here today, you may not have articulated it this way, but we want to come for some morsel of hope, but also to come to honor God and to, and to be reminded and rehearse who our God is and actually that he would meet us in the midst of our very earthy and scattered, unraveling day that we're in. So the real hope in these psalms is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's not a God of, of distance. And he's not a God of, of, of you know, KLTY slogans, but he's a God very much who comes near. And the Psalms, particularly this Psalm we'll look at today, the lament Psalms, um, show that they give voice to what we all have churning within us. And they're very earthy and visceral in that way. And so they invite us not to have a faith over here and the rest of life over here. Because this faith over here, if that's all we have and the rest of life is not really operating, walking with the Lord that we proclaim here, then things like yesterday or even a small day with a small bump in the road can, can shake us beyond what we're able to, to handle. And we're not able to handle this day, this new day on our own. So that's also the invitation to see here. See that God wants it to be the real you and the real me meeting with the real him on a real day. And today feels more real maybe than others because we have to be real about what is out of our control, what scares us, what angers us. So starting with uh, verses 11 and 12, again, David's going to end up with confidence and what I call joyancy. That means he's got joy. He's not just gritting his teeth and still floating with buoyancy. God has given him the ability 
in the midst of trouble. He's not dismissing or denying it. But in the midst of it, he can rejoice, and we can too. Verse 11 and 12, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. May you shelter them, that those who love your name may exult in you. That means it comes up from your gut and spews out. May we exult in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous or godly person, O Lord. You surround him with favor or grace as with a shield. That's where David ends up, but that's not how he started his morning prayer. And this is a morning prayer. He actually says it a couple times here. But the singular point, that's why I wanted to start there, the singular point for us this morning from Psalm 5 is take refuge in our God. A refuge would have been a safe place, a place that you could run to when troubled and pursued. Oftentimes it would be high up, or oftentimes it would be you know, a cave, if you will, a place to get away, a place to find shelter, a place where you couldn't be gotten. Even yesterday, as we heard this, some of the stories, uh, people were seeking refuge immediately wherever they could. And whatever's going on in David's life, it seemed to be, this was a season of day by day, Lord. I don't know what's coming around the bend. I need you to be my refuge, and I will rejoice that you are my refuge and that you are the one who will surround me and you are with me. You may not change my circumstance, but you'll be with me in the midst of it. And so take refuge in our God. That is what I believe God would want us to hear. But let's see this morning, just for a few minutes, how is that practiced by us? How do we go about taking refuge in God this morning? What does it sound like? What does it look like? Well, first of all, it sounds like lament. As I said, this is a psalm of lament. That may be a brand new word to you. Um, Don't let it be fancy. The good news is it means you can be real. You can tell God what has ever on your heart or mind, that's what he wants. He doesn't want religious polish. He doesn't want you saying thee and thou. He doesn't want you using words you don't really know what they mean. He wants the real you and the real stuff that you're going through to say, God, I'm here, an unraveled mess. I've got stinging disappointment. I've got anguish. I've, I've got this, this anxiety that is paralyzing me. I'm being pulled every which way. I can't focus. I can't think. I, I want to numb my... Wherever you are, that's the invitation of lament. Wherever you are, be there with God and tell it to Him. And Psalm 5 will help give voice for us to what gnaws inside of us this morning. And it will help guide us to engage God with everything that's really on your heart. This is, if you will, any lament psalm is a template for the troubled to help us know God invites you to engage him when you are anxious. And when when anguish is just coursing through you. Psalm 5 is part of those lesser sung songs in our day. You know, back in the day, There'd be like the the top 150 Christian worship songs. Not a one of them was a lament. That means we would have actually a malnourished worship 
take heart. If you feel like most of your days aren't sunshiny and smiley emoji when you come here to worship, because two-thirds or over two-thirds of the Psalms don't have the smiley face emoji. They have the other ones, and they're not emojis anyway. They are invitations to groan, to grunt, to complain, to sigh. And what we're really doing when we do that is we're sighing that, that it would be God's kingdom. We're longing, God, for your kingdom to come on our little patches of earth where he's located us. And lamenting says, Lord, I refuse to fake it with you. And God says, good, because that kind wears me out. And so to take refuge in him is to lament, and it's taking what distresses you, burdens you, infuriates or intimidates you. Take it straight to him, and it's the thing he does first in the morning. It sounds like, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. The first thing that, that I want you to hear, taking refuge in God, in our God, is take your groans to him. I love that he says, consider my groaning. Groaning oftentimes is guttural, literally from the gut, and it's a guttural sound, and you might not make much sense. God says, bring it. Groan to me. I can hear. In fact, his spirit prays for us. In Romans 8, we're told, the spirit who knows God's heart for us and knows our hearts can translate our hearts to him because he groans with us. He groans that are groanings that are too deep for words, but the father understands. And he translates our groans to the father so the father can, can hear and can respond in the ways that he desires to because we are his children. So you take your groans to God. You ask for his ears and groan. And then he says, we're to or what he does is that he orders his prayers in the midst of chaos, in the midst of looking over his shoulder, in the midst of doubt and just being disheartened. He says, heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray in the morning, O Lord. He's literally meaning in the morning. First thing, you will hear my voice in the morning. He says, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Some of you have, I will offer a sacrifice. He is by, he's showing up, all of him. But the word there literally is order, and it is like we think um, of when we go to a restaurant and you're given a menu and you order from it. Now that sounds kind of like, wait, am I demanding God? Is now God like, you know, on the hook? Well, God put himself there because also what that means is you only order from what he offered you. And what God offers us is come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What he offers us is come to me right where you are with all your groanings. Wait patiently, like Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined, that means he bent down to listen, and he heard my cry, and he lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, made my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my heart, song of praise to our God, and many will see and fear. That's what, he, that's what he offers us. That's what he offers you. You don't have to fake it. 
bring your groaning, your aching. But then he also says, I order my prayer to you in the midst of that because of who you are. The third thing there on taking our groans to God is simply to anticipate that God will intervene. He says, I order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. It's, I've got my eye out, God. I don't know how, and the timing is up to you, and the what that looks like is up to you, but help me be on the lookout so that I might recognize when I see your hand. And some often we'll see his hand in ways we weren't wanting. We may have ordered something we thought was on the menu, and he said, well, let me, let, me, let me provide for you what you most need here. But we can trust, and we can watch and wait because he will intervene. Secondly, we can rehearse what it looks like to take refuge. We can rehearse God's character and walk in his way. Four through nine, for you're not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells in you. And then he talks about the boastful aren't going to stand. Those who are all about iniquity, you're not going to align yourself with. You're going to destroy their lies, their falsehoods. Verse seven, but as for me, in the midst of that, because of who you are, I'm going to live distinctively by trusting you, aligning with you, and clinging to you, even though I can't make any sense of it. He says, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. O oh Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. And then he says, what thereafter is falsehood. It's not reliable, but sure is tempting at times, or it's tempting to just give up. And, and in, in some ways, um, David is doing here what Jesus tells us, that you know, there's gonna have, we're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And David is practicing that. I'm, I'm going to take heart in you, God. I'm going to take refuge in you because of who you are. Verse 10 is the next thing, to take refuge in him, not only to take our groans to him, not only rehearse his character, but it's to leave justice or leave vengeance in God's hands. Verse 10, hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices, let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. This is Romans 12. We're tempted to, to take some kind of action into our own hands. And he says, that's God's. Ours, if, if, if in any way possible, to be at peace with one another. Ours is to trust him. Ours is to honor him with how we live in spite of the brokenness and the sinfulness in our world. We're to do all that we can that we might be part of his our, uh, his answer to our prayers of your kingdom come on my patch of earth as your will is done in heaven. May it be so in my world, how we can honor and live, walk in his ways, even in troubled times. But he says we can do that not by kind of holding on to, well, I'll, I'll kind of make things right. No, God will make things right. So he talks about in First Peter, that we're humble ourselves under his mighty hand, that he may exalt you at the proper time, that he may make things right when the timing is his. And then lastly, verses 11 and 12 that we read, take glad refuge, three phrases I'd give you. He's inviting us as we've put those, we've groaned our troubles, we've rehearsed his character, which is what we're trying to do today, so that we may not just mouth it, but walk in it, that we've put vengeance in his hands and not kept it in ours, now we are free to receive from him what he offers, which is rest, shalom, wholeness, that also that we would be sheltered by him. 
and that we would remember that remember that he is with you and me to surround and to sustain us. So there's, as we said at the beginning, there's a lot of mixture of emotions that are probably coursing through every one of us. And maybe some of you are in a place where you just feel overwhelmed. What threatens to overwhelm you today? Are you hurting, angry, groaning? All of those are legitimate emotions. And God says, bring them to me. Bring them to me first. Rehearse who I am. Take your refuge in me. And he says in Isaiah, Psalms, and in 1 Peter, we get the picture of to cast our cares upon him because he sustains us and because he cares for us. God is capable to handle wherever you are. He's capable to be the lifter of your head and whatever is going through you right now. But he also cares. He wants you and me to give him our anguish and our anxiety. Why? Because he cares for us. I think all of us probably in some degree or another have been groaning internally. Maybe you've actually verbalized it, gutturalized it some. But if you're groaning, if you're aching, know that your reigning Savior, Jesus, knows what that's like. Because he became like us in every way except for sin. He is fully God, and yet he's fully man. And he, because of the ultimate heaviness, the ultimate hard place is to be in a place separated from God because of our sin. And he groaned, he ached, he took my place and yours on the cross so that every groaning you and I now experience may result ultimately in our strengthening and for our good. But that good is to be made like him. It's not just that he went to the cross, but that he rose from the grave. You know, in some sense, Saturday between the cross on Friday and the resurrection on Sunday and the silence and the hurting and the, the just disillusionment, that's a little bit of a picture of our life until he comes, until we are with him. And yet we have a hope because he was raised from the dead. And there is one day that he will wipe away every tear. But know right now that he sheds tears with us. His heart is ignited with compassion toward you and toward me. And he doesn't just care, he's strong. And so therefore, a refuge is a place to find rest and to find that we have been found by the one who's been searching for us and the one who is our shepherd. I want to pray. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. We're going to sing two songs in closing. Um, We'll have a benediction at the very end. I want you to just take a moment and bow your head. Quiet yourself before him. This is a prayer that a couple years back 
I read from a man who had written on the Psalms and he particularly invited me as I read to, to just be real before him. So as I pray, just with your eyes closed, thank God for his nearness. Pray that he might meet you where you are. Merciful God, you who weeps with those who weep, who rescues those who have been oppressed, who inclines your ear to the needy, who draws near to the abandoned, who binds up the brokenhearted, who raises up those who are laid low, who feels compassion for those who are broken in body or in spirit, hear our prayer. Do not be deaf to our pain. Have pity on us in our affliction. Bring an end to our distress. Preserve our lives. Rescue us. Heal us. Be near to us this day. You are my refuge. You are our refuge. I trust in you. We trust in you. Our times are in your hands. We pray this prayer together now, Lord, so that we might join the company of those who take refuge in you and praise your holy name. We pray this in Jesus' name, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, on whom we can cast all of our cares. Amen. Would you stand?